Hello, and thank you for tuning into Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, now a toddler, and our new addition, Elwood, born this May. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, toddler, and now as a mum of two, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. I am really excited to be working with the team at Pure Flow again. They are baby sleep experts and they're celebrating their 25th birthday. Their baby sleep bags are really genius with removable sleeves and lots of other clever features designed by parents. They are perfect for staying cozy on these cold winter nights and I'll tell you more about them and give you a special Mum Talk listener discount code later on in the episode. Hello and welcome to this little surprise mini-series. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get some episodes out before Christmas because Elwood's sleep has just been absolutely horrendous, which is why you haven't heard from me in a very long time because there has just been not an hour in the day where I can record a podcast or interview anyone fabulous um, and even get my words out in a straight line in the right order. But I'm here, very out of breath, because in true Emma slash mum talk style, real mum life, Elwood isn't sleeping. Literally, I started recording this podcast at lunchtime when he should have gone down for a two-hour nap. He did not. He went down for half an hour, and honestly, I kid you not, you can't write this stuff, I kid you not, the words that came out of my mouth, which were... I'm coming on to have a chat with you guys because Elwood is sleeping. He started crying. And I went into his room. I tried to settle him. I had to pull him out of his cot. I then did what I'm trying not to do, which is breastfeed him and associate the breastfeeding with sleep. Then I tried to put him back down again and he went to sleep for all of one minute and then he woke up and then I gave up and then he's been downstairs. But obviously he's so overtired But I will get to that in a second, because sleep has just been a disaster. But hello, 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 hello. For those of you who are new here, um, welcome. This is Mum Talk Podcast. We are kind of series 11, last series was season 10, series, series 10. So this is series 11. And I am here for a special four part pre Christmas series to be of help to mums, dads, carers, parents. Because Christmas can be a really stressful period of time, especially if you have a newborn or if you have a child who's not sleeping very well or if you have two or three children and you're trying to juggle all of their naps versus festivities versus family versus going to sleep at grandma's or grandparents or friends or just family or traveling. (laughs) It is a flipping nightmare. So, On the podcast for these four series, you have moi today, where I'm going to be catching up with you all on what's been going on. They're going to be nice, short, succinct podcasts, which again is unlike mum talk, but I want you to be able to be, you know, run out, do a buggy round uh, or something, um, or listen 
on the way somewhere in the car for 20 minutes, 30 minutes and um, feel supported. So you have me today. Then you have, uh, and in fact, I haven't quite worked out what order it's going to be, but we also then have Hattie Frank, who is a sleep specialist from Not Another Peep. She is coming on to talk to you all about sleep routines, how we can help our children sleep over the festive period, how we can help create their bedroom environments elsewhere um, so they get uh, the best sleep possible. And also puts our minds at ease a little bit about if routines go out of the window, all is not lost. So that's a fantastic chat, which I've actually already had. So that will come out very, very soon. And then I am also interviewing Anna Mathieu. Um, She is coming on the podcast. She is fantastic. She is a psychotherapist. Um, She is just brilliant. If you haven't found her on Instagram, then have a find because she honestly says a lot in her Instagram of exactly how I'm feeling Um, and she is coming on to give us some little things to go in our personal toolbox to deal with some of the stress when a lot is being asked of us as mums over the Christmas period. And then finally, we have the fantastic SR Nutrition, Charlotte Sterling-Reed, coming on to talk to us about feeding our kids over Christmas All is not lost if they have some treats, winning over Christmas, when you've got to juggle all of that again in friends and families' houses, Christmas dinners, kids eating too much sugar before bed, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're going to be talking about that too. So hopefully by the end of these four series, when Christmas is around the corner, four episodes, sorry, when Christmas is around the corner, we're going to feel super relaxed about those three topics and have some toolkits from Anna um tool see I can't get my words out some things in our toolkits to really help us along um over the Christmas period but you have me today and I thought well let's catch up on all things children it's been crazy mainly because Elwood isn't sleeping basically in his entire life he has only ever taken a 35 minute nap um in the day obviously he slept more than that at night but in the day I reckon he's done three, maybe even two naps that have been over an hour long. So you can imagine with the toddler, it's been really, really hard to do anything else. I mean, it's even hard to do a Tesco's online order because I have Aldi and there's Elwood. Elwood isn't particularly... Well, right now he's going through through a mega fussy stage because his teeth are definitely part of the issue here, 100% part of the issue. Uh, not 100% that's an exaggeration, maybe 60% of the issue. Um, And Amandine is just really into everything at the moment. And our relationship has got a lot better, I feel. And I just don't want to backtrack on that. But I know it's all peaks and troughs and waves. Um, But let's hit on the sleep thing first, because it's obviously so incredibly fresh in my mind, because Elwood is out with his papa right now, with Hendrik walking the street, which Hendrik has never done before. So I hope he is managing. And actually, it was a real game changer. Um, And I think the first time where Hendrik said, let me help you, because I can see you're really overwhelmed. So that's quite nice. Six months in, (laughs) to have that have happened. Um, So yeah, he's walking the street next door to our house. 
up and back, which is my go-to with the buggy. Now, when I spoke to Hattie yesterday and we had our chat, which is going to come out really soon, um, she very kindly stayed on at the end, which I probably won't share with you because it's so child-specific, these sleep routines, a sleep routine for Elwood. And I tried to implement it last night. um, And I wasn't going to go with the sleep routine for Elwood because it's virtually impossible. I have found it virtually impossible to do any form of routine with Elwood because of Amandine, because we are, not that I'm blaming her in any way, of course not. It's just because I have another child and we have things to get to and we have things to do, like she does ballet in the morning, some mornings, or one morning, or ballet in the evening, one one afternoon, evening. And um, she had swimming and, you know, I can't completely let go of her life because Elwood is here. So he's just very much been along for the ride and hasn't had a routine. So I thought, right, let's try and implement a bit of a routine because no one's getting any sleep here. At the very beginning, I was thinking, you know, when we started our co-sleeping, which just kind of happened, it started in France. It actually started when we took the ferry to France because we were all sharing a a bedroom on the ferry And I said to Hendrik, this will work because I'll just be able to put him on my boob the minute he cries and he'll go straight back to sleep. And I hadn't had to do that at home um, because obviously I can try and encourage him to self-settle a little bit. So this is from when he was probably about eight weeks old, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. No, I think it was was eight weeks when we first took the ferry, I think. Um, And from then on, this is what's happened. Every time he's cried at night, I have given my boob to settle him. So he completely associates waking up, needing boob to go back to sleep again. It's, that's just, it's completely natural. That's what I've given him. That's what I've done. Um, and I think it's very normal for babies. I fed Amandine to sleep all the way through her breastfeeding life, pretty much. Um, we had no issues, but then she was a fantastic sleeper. She slept in the day. She slept at night really well. She went into her own room at around seven and a half months, Loved it, never had an issue. Um, It was quite easy to put down, I seem to remember, I think. Um, So it was fine. Elwood, on the other hand, not so fine. So we got to a point maybe two weeks ago where he would be starting to wake up every two hours to sleep. Oh, hello. Oh, thank you, darling. I have just been bought a lovely purple flower and a green fern. Thank you, Amandine. Thank you, darling. You're going to find Papa. Sorry, had a momentary pause there. Again, for that very reason. <laughs> That's why it's so difficult to actually get anything done here. Okay. Um, and Elwood, um, I started waking up every two hours and I would breastfeed him back to sleep. Because again, I have a sleeping toddler and husband, but mainly sleeping toddler in the house. And the rooms are very close next door. And I know a lot of you have the same issue here with the rooms being so close together. So I can't let him scream and scream and scream and scream and scream. No, nor would I want to. Um, So I would just, I kept putting him on the boob. But then in the last two weeks, he would go on the boob, he would feed. And then he'd wake up about, he'd probably have two suckles and then wake up 10 minutes later being just as unhappy as he was before he went on the boob. So it started to get really, really unsustainable. And um, I knew I had to make a change. So... I've been trying to put him in his cot a lot more um, for naps and for uh, bedtime especially. And again, taking him out, feeding, putting him back in. So that's what the last week's been about. I've been in the study on my single bed, 
and I have been trying to help him uh, sleep. But yeah, last night, last night was much better after speaking to Hattie. We had a much earlier bedtime, uh, 6.30 bedtime, and he slept for two lots of four hours-ish. So he slept, well, he was not happy about going in the cot, going to bed. Um, but he slept finally about quarter past seven until 11. And then I fed him and then slept. I wasn't, I didn't know about the rule of four hours. If he has fed in within that four hours, he won't need feeding. But if you get a four hour sleep and he wakes up, then it's likely that he will need feeding. So I fed him, put him back to bed. Then he slept again for another four hours until three. And then I fed him, put him back to bed. But then he woke up at 5.30. But he doesn't really wake up. He's waking up because he's, he's either uncomfortable, which makes me think he's waking up because of his teeth. Um, so I have been giving him doses of cowpol last night and the night before. Um, but when he is in his sleep and he wakes up and it's the middle of the night, he will not take any more cowpol. Nor do I really want to give it to him, but he will not take it. He will not actually have anything in his mouth, even the soothing gel or the powder that we give him, the homeopathic powder or the pilu that we give him, the little homeopathic beads. He just won't let me give him anything apart from boob. So 5.30 this morning, I did boob him back to sleep. So we're doing a gentle transition, I would say, a fairly unnecessary, well, it is necessary, but a slightly more gentle than I was hoping transition. And then today, yeah, I tried to put him in his cot to have his two-hour nap, and that didn't happen. He ended up having half an hour sleep, just as I had mentioned those words on the podcast, and then he didn't go back to sleep. So I'm hoping that downstairs he's fast asleep in his buggy. I'll give him an hour. Well, he was only meant to have half an hour at half past four, so I figured if he has an hour now, because there's no point in having a absolutely overtired baby trying to get him to go to bed then either, is there? So, oh God, and then I think, why am I bothering doing all of this? Why don't I just have him in my bed? Um, But then I feel, no, I did this for a reason. No one's going to get any sleep otherwise. So that's been the sleep issue. And also a couple of weeks ago, Amandine started waking in the middle of the night multiple times. Oh God, that was horrendous. And she multiple things were waking her but basically we were up and down about four or five times in the night with her as well Hendrik took a bit of that load until he started to work again and then that was on me too so basically there was one night where if I wasn't with her I was with him and if I wasn't with him I was with her it was a flipping nightmare but anyhow hopefully we're coming out well we are out the other side with Amandine she's sleeping like a dream has been touch wood um and I really hope that Elwood will also turn a corner or he'll start to learn I should say I will start to teach him and he will start to learn um, what the deal is so that's sleep but yeah that's mainly why I haven't really been here because I am obscenely sleep deprived as most parents are um, and it is really really starting to get to me I worked with Pure Flow back in the summer when it was difficult to know how to dress Elwood when the weather was so hot. We also went to France and it was really, really hot there. And the team gave me the solution then with their lightweight swaddles and baby sleep bags. And it really helped Elwood to be comfortable and sleep so much better. He used to sleep from 10 in the evening until about 6 a.m. And it was amazing. So now that the weather's turned so cold, I asked the experts at Pure Flow to help me once again. 
They have created a genius all-season baby sleep bag. It's quite different to the other sleep bags as it has cosy quilted sleeves that can be zipped on to keep the arms warm on winter nights. This flexibility means you can adjust the warmth of the sleep bag to suit your room and your baby. And you can use it almost all year round rather than buying lots of different togs. PureFlow are a British brand who have been making baby bedding for 25 years. They're big on safety, so the baby sleep bags have breathable panels to help prevent overheating and they meet all the relevant British and European safety standards. They are also award winners, having won gold for the best baby and child sleepwear at the Made for Mums Awards this year. PureFlow are offering Mum Talk listeners, that's you, a 15% discount on all baby sleep bags from www.pureflow.com. That's P-U-R-F-L-O.com. Just use the code MUMTALK15. I had loads of questions recently about the bilingual side of things and how that's going. It's going incredibly well. Amandine's, or so Hendrik tells me, we have now got to the point where there are some bits which I don't understand when Amandine and Hendrik are talking. I didn't think it would be this early on, but there are a few bits where I just have to say to Hendrik, what does that mean? Or can you just clarify? I think I understood. I just want to double check. Um, But her French has just blossomed, um, I would say, in the last couple of weeks and she's doing so incredibly well. She never speaks... What's really interesting is she never speaks English to Hendrik, ever, but she will sometimes speak French to me, and she will franglais fantastic, fantastically with me. <laughs> she's very good at franglais, um, which is really interesting, I think. But she spends a lot of time with Hendrik, and, you know, she does spend a lot of time with me, but Hendrik is incredibly good at, he's a fantastic father, but he is incredibly good at explaining things to her, taking the time to talk to her, um, really going into detail in a way that she would understand. Whereas I think I'm incredibly guilty, again, maybe because, you know, I have another child on my hip half the time, but which shouldn't be an excuse, but it kind of is. Um, I will be quite short in my answers to her. I won't necessarily go into the detail um, because I'll either be doing something like cooking or cleaning or, you know, and won't necessarily take the time, which sounds awful, doesn't it? And probably some of you listening to this, I hope, are thinking, oh, me too, but massive mum guilt. In fact, massive mum guilt and pretty much anything I do at the moment. Um, Even when I decide we're going to do something for me in the day, which involves, you know, not going to a park or not going to do something that Amandine really enjoys, I feel incredibly guilty, absolutely incredibly guilty. Um, But interestingly, also had lots of questions um, about relationship side of things. Now, I'm no relationship expert at all, and definitely not the person to ask for relationship advice, but we were sitting having lunch today, and Hendrik for the first time goes, yeah, we're parents. I was like, yes, we are. And he said, we have two children. I was like, yes, we do. We sure do. And he said, it really plays a toll on your relationship, doesn't it? It's like, yes, it does. <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging that. Um, and it was almost like this realisation had just slapped him around the face. It was quite funny. Um, but yes, I agree with everybody who's reached out and said, oh, this is really 
tough from a relationship side of uh, side of you whether you have one two three five children um or even no children and you're trying or no children but if you are trying I really sympathize with you because I think that's certainly that what started the negative clogs turning in our relationship for sure was the first year of lockdown and the first year of trying um for our second baby for Elwood that certainly is tricky um lots of you asking how Hendrik has bonded with Elwood because I think when I left the podcast uh it wasn't a particularly positive place between him and Elwood that has completely flipped um now Elwood is kind of giving something back Hendrik is wanting to be much more involved and really um, connecting with him, making him laugh. Amandine makes him laugh like nobody else. It is absolutely hilarious. Amandine makes him laugh so much. Um, so many funny videos of her cracking him up. And that is just, it, it fills me with joy watching it because it makes me realise what's to come. Those two playing being wonderful company with each other. Amandine absolutely adores Elwood and Elwood adores Amandine. Um, Amandine's quite rough with Elwood. Uh, I am really pleased that he's a very robust baby um, because, yeah, she does throw her weight around. I saw her today. She's, he was lying on his tummy on the floor and she decided that it would be great to play horsey with him. So she sat on his bottom uh, and kind of started... <laughs> bouncing it was not ideal but Elwood is robust and actually started laughing so found it quite funny I think um so that was that's been really lovely to see that develop over the last kind of two months uh what else can I fill you in on um we're starting weaning so we're doing Charlotte Sterling Reed uh how to wean your baby book which is fantastic I love that I basically don't have any spare brain cell to give to anything at the moment so and certainly not weaning I really don't enjoy weaning um so we decided to do the book and the first 30 days is just it's literally written black and white in front of you so all you have to do is when you do your Tesco shop or whatever wherever you get your food do your supermarket shop you can write down exactly what you need um for the first 10 days and the next 10 days and the next 10 days and it's just absolutely brilliant um day by day what they're having uh and there's just no pressure it doesn't matter you know she very clearly notes in the book multiple times through those 30 days it doesn't matter if they're having any of it you know zero to three spoonfuls, five spoonfuls, to, you know, a minute bit, which is basically all Elwood's having. He loves his food. Um, if he can't hold a potato stick properly or a broccoli piece properly, he's not happy. Or if the cucumber's too slippery, he gets really irate and bounces around in his chair. Uh, he's growing like an absolute trooper. I measured him the other day and he is two, get this right, he is two centimetres shorter now than Amandine was when she was 17 months old. So when Amandine was 17 months old, she was 76 centimetres. Elwood is six months old and he is 74 centimetres. It's absurd. He's going to be a giant. I mean, I know Amandine's very petite like me, but um, 
he's going to be huge. <laughs> well, I'm sure he won't be any taller than Hendrik, but he's growing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. He is in, he's well into one year clothes. He's currently in 12 to 18 month baby grows. He is, you know, some brands, M&S brands, he's definitely one plus. Nine to 12 months on M&S is actually really small. Um, for boys, I found. For girls, I find it quite big, but for boys, uh, for Elwood anyway, he's tiny. Um, so it's just ridiculous. My six month old is in one year old clothes. It's just crazy. And, but he's not bulky. He's, he's just tall. He's just got a long body, long legs, long torso, just like his father, really. Hendrik's got a ridiculously long torso. He has to have his t-shirts made for him pretty much because all the t-shirts he can buy are far too small. Um, what else can I say? So Christmas plans are Christmas plans. Um, we are actually going to have it here. I was trying to decide what would be more stress, okay? What would be more stress? Making Christmas dinner for just my, my sister and her husband. Um, oh, that might have been a... I'm not sure if I have done a podcast since then either, actually. I don't think I have. Um, my sister got married, which is really exciting. Um, I'm sorry if I have told this already, but that was really, really fun. My sister got married and it was a beautiful wedding. Um, so her and her husband are going to be spending the first Christmas with his parents. He's Bulgarian and they're going out to Bulgaria. Obviously, COVID, flipping COVID, uh, allowing. And, um, so it's just my mum and her partner. So we're doing it here because I felt in my moments of madness that, Packing up on Christmas morning, which is what we did last year, taking Amandine away from her toys, getting Elwood to sleep somewhere else again, um, would be a bit of a disaster. So I felt like the less stressful option was to make Christmas dinner and have my mum and her partner here. But when I spoke to my mum the other day, I was like, Mum, okay, can you please bring the starter, the uh, dessert... And any wine you want to drink, my mum doesn't drink, but her partner does. It's the only person. So he can just have a fun, boozy Christmas all by himself. Poor, poor chap. Um, and uh, any kind of treats <laughs> that you want to eat. So basically, my mum's doing everything apart from the main meal. But the main meal, I thought I'm just going to do, okay, I'm just going to do a roast beef, make it really easy and just do a roast beef. I'm not particularly good at cooking roasts. Um, and I'm not spending money on a turkey where I'm literally going to annihilate it because I know I will. Especially, it's really difficult to make a ter- turkey nice and juicy, I think, and not dry. So that's not one for me. But a roast beef um, with all the trimmings, which is which will be fine. Um, and Hendrik announced today that he would quite like some foie gras, which I can't even say it properly, which is obviously disgusting when you think about how it comes about. Um, and really horrendous but it's very much a French tradition and longustine which are basically ginormous prawns so <laughs> and at one point he was like should we have oysters as well it's like um I don't think we're having Christmas lunch at the palace here this is just Christmas lunch at home yes <laughs> anyway like my entire month's food budget going on one meal it seems But no, that's not happening. We might have prawns at a push. Um, And if his mum wants to send Hendrix some foie gras, then that's fine. But I'm certainly not buying it. Um, 
so that's our plans for Christmas. So hopefully it'll be really nice and relaxed and enjoyable. Um, but I'll let you know after Christmas if that is really the case. Uh, what else can I tell you? Um, gosh, what else has happened? Not so much has happened. Amandine's uh, really becoming very passionate about certain things. She is um, really enjoying ballet. She also loves a bit of soft play, but who doesn't? Um, we just try and find different, lots of different activities to do with her quite a lot of the time. Um, lots of walking. She has a nightmare to get dressed in the morning. Absolute nightmare to get dressed. Absolute nightmare to brush the teeth. I would say probably one day a week she'll surprise us and do everything really quickly and really easily. Otherwise, every day is a fight. Every morning's a fight. Every bedtime's a fight. It's all a fight. She still naps, which I'm incredibly lucky, lucky about, lucky. Um, she naps for one hour in the middle of the day, which is fantastic. Uh, but it does make bedtime a little bit harder. Um, we've only just really shortened her nap because if it was up to her, she'd sleep for two hours. Definitely. We have started waking her after an hour because it got to a point where she, she wasn't even going to sleep until nine o'clock, which is far too late. So she, um... Yeah, naps for an hour and then goes to bed probably at about quarter to eight. We still need to really try and move, work on moving that forward. But that is what she's doing, which is lovely. And she seems really happy and she seems like she's in a really good routine. Um, she has started to kind of ask, oh, can we, um, I think I might like to go to school. By school, she means nursery. Because every time we go up to the playground, the playground is at the back of the school and she sees the children and she says she wants to go. And this new ballet that she started, we're actually not allowed to be in the room, which I hate. Um, I just think it's ridiculous for three-year-olds. But she, she's, she actually rebelled against going last week, which was interesting. So we'll see if she actually wants to go um, this week and then again starting the the new term afterwards I don't think she'll want to go um which is fine I'm not into forcing her if she doesn't want to go but she went down to ballet and then just said to papa no I want to go home and then started crying so yeah she doesn't have to do it they're they're an interesting ballet group anyway not the group not the kids the um teachers <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it anyway if anyone wants to know, if they if, if anyone lives in my area and wants to know which one I'm talking about, then just DM me um, and I will say. But I, yeah, they're, um, it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> this sounds really bad, but you know that some people are just really, really good with animals and then some people are just not so good with people. It's a bit like they're really, really good with children, really appalling with parents and really rude. Anyway, um... And other than that, we've stopped swimming because that became impossible with Elwood. I don't understand how people do it with two children um, when they haven't got childcare because that was impossible. I kept missing so many classes. So we've stopped swimming and that's pretty much about it. Amandine's become really fussy about what she wants to eat. Um, she only really wants to eat pasta. Every mealtime's a bit of a fight. So yeah, we're definitely in a three-nager stage. We didn't have terrible twos, but we're having a huge three-nager stage. Um, and that's pretty much all I have to catch up with you on. It's just, you know, it's the same old, isn't it? Uh, you know, other than serious mum guilt, serious exhaustion, questioning everything I do over both the children's care, 
um, questioning, you know, seeing if some people do that, thinking, oh God, should I be doing that? Um, it's, it's really a hard place to navigate, I think, at the moment, um, as a parent. And I, it's going to be hurdles the whole way, aren't they, until they leave home, um, and beyond, and beyond. But anyway, there you go. I am not going to make this a waffly one. I promised myself that they would not be any longer than half an hour, and we have hit the half an hour mark. So I am going to cut that there, and I am really excited to, um, put out the sleep um, podcast with Hattie Frank. So these podcasts aren't just going to come on the Wednesday. They, I'm going to, I'm, you're listening to this one right now and the sleep one with Hattie Frank will already be there ready and waiting for you, ready to go. And then um, next week we will have Anna and we will have Charlotte joining as well. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the little catch up. Really excited to get the next podcast out to you and I will speak to you then. Lots of love. Bye. Huge thanks again to Pure Flow for sponsoring this episode. I'm looking forward to cuddling Elwood all snuggly and warm in his baby sleep bag when it's chilly and dark outside. Pure Flow baby sleep bags are so soft and cozy and they're made of pillowy cotton jersey. I love the grey mile fabric. So don't forget that you can get 15% off baby sleep bags until the end of February 2022 by entering the code MUMTALK15 at www.pureflow.com.